Welcome to Freedom Junkie Radio. Freedom Junkies, it's so good to have you back. Today, I have a very special guest. This is Jim Gale, and Jim makes food forests. And I cannot wait to talk to him. Jim, welcome to Freedom Junkie Radio. Uh, thank you so much, Betsy. And I love that term, Freedom Junkie, because if there's anything we could be addicted to, it should be freedom. And what I'm going to present today is a path to freedom for all of humanity. It's demonstrable, it's proven, and it's logical on every level. When we turn 30, 40, 50% of our 40 to 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone into perennial edible landscapes, we reverse mass extinction and deforestation and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and literally all of the forms of tyranny, we take them out, not by war, not by guns, not by fighting, but by simply doing things the logical and beneficial way. You are just speaking my language. We're from the same planet. And I'm so excited to have a fellow, whatever planet that is, <clears throat> here aboard with me. You just said so many things that just, just made my entire energy field sparkle like crazy. <clears throat> so to begin, um, I know a few things about you. So I want to introduce you just a little bit. I know that you were uh, a very good wrestler and I know that you're an entrepreneur and I know that you've had a giant farm in Costa Rica. I know that you uh, were a mortgage broker in Australia. Like you've gotten around, you've, you've lived this life. You're a parent. Um, and um, I've been doing my homework, Jim. <clears throat> and um, you have one, or no, you have three daughters. Four. Four daughters. Okay, I haven't done very good homework. That um, would so you just said like 10 things that just, just like I said, made my whole being sparkle. Uh, yes, let's um, peacefully take our world back. We don't need to live under tyranny. We don't need to live under anyone to like, we're human beings. Okay, here's the meme I saw about a month ago that made me think of you. And it said, um, how is it we live on a planet where food literally grows out of the dirt out of the earth and i ended up with a credit score like yeah. how how did that happen how is it that we have to go go to school get a good job make our money go to the store buy our packaged food and bring it home so that we can eat when literally the earth is there begging for us to just eat right out of her you know just eat the stuff um, that goes right out so I want you to talk about the, the transition from farming in Costa Rica into the food forests, but what's the difference between permaculture and food forests and where do they intertwine? And, and so there's a lot of people talking about permaculture. Talk to a little bit about that. And then I want to jump right into the food forests. What do people do? You know, what do you do? Okay. So permaculture is the umbrella, which means permanent culture. It started out as a sustainable agricultural design science that with Bill Mollison and David Holmgren and Jeff Lott and Scott Pittman and many more people started seeing that there is a way, in fact, one of the things, the analogies I like to make is 
when I talk about this possibility and I ask people what they think is possible, most people think that this idea of the Garden of Eden, and I'm not talking about the religious place, I'm talking about this idea where there's literally food growing everywhere. They think it's a utopic fantasy, that it's an impossibility, when it's the most logical and loving step for humanity, and it is what's coming, right? We have two choices going forward. We can either be slaves or we can be free. And Henry Kissinger said back 50 some years ago, he said, if you wanna control nations, control oil. If you wanna control people, control food, right? This strategy, has systematically dismantled the family farm. They've even went so far as to subsidize the removal of fruit trees in backyards all over the place. And throughout history, rulers and warring cultures have went into places and they killed the farmers. And the first thing they do is take over the food supply, right? So this has been a long-term strategy by the powers that be in order to enslave and control the masses. The next thing coming is a major food supply chain catastrophe. However, Bill Mollison, in fact, a little backstory. When I first started learning about this agricultural design science, I went through a period of cognitive dissonance. I went down the rabbit hole and I started learning that there truly are people who seek power for the intention of control, right? They don't wanna be productive. They want to control the producers. That's what a slave master does. And when I started reading this and going into this, I went for two years down this rabbit hole and it was kind of a shitty time. 2007 and eight, the global economy was collapsing. I thought the world was going to end the way it was. And it kind of did in a way, right? We learn about all the different banking and all the different structures that are not sustainable. All unsustainable systems die, right? So the path we have to choose is sustainable. And Bill Mollison said, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And I started to sob. I had had my first two daughters at that time. And I started at that point, focusing on the question, what is the solution? And then I read Victor, Victor Hugo's quote, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. The Garden of Eden, converting our lawns into edible landscapes or food forests is this idea and I can demonstrate it. I didn't know that they, that there was, that people had to cut their fruit trees down in their backyards. When was that? Who? Yes, oh, who in the seventies, my who? buddy Thomas, a friend of mine, he was saying that he remembers when the government would pay him a certain amount of money to cut their fruit trees. Now, in a lot of cases, it's for the common good, right? Always. You know, yeah, it's always for the common good. Let's cut down this fruit tree orchard because there's a certain blight or a certain bug or a certain worm or a certain plague. If we don't cut it down, we're right. all gonna die or whatever bullshit story they come up with. Right? I did not know that. That's news to me. Because right now, <clears throat> you know, the, the Chinese proverb, uh, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? Next best time is today. And I would imagine a fruit tree is even better. And then there's another quote about that. Like the sign of a really healthy civilization is when old men are planting trees, trees they'll never eat from, you know? Yes, exactly. So um, I have been a gardener all my life since I was a little kid. 
And so having a garden has always been not, there's been times in my life when I couldn't do it. And, and that was recently, we've got one going now. <clears throat> and so I want you to tell us about how people can go about starting this. I know that your business is about going in and helping people do this. And I want you to tell us about that too, obviously. Um, but if people were interested in getting started, um, I'm sure there's an urban um, version of this and then a more rural version. <clears throat> For me, I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking about you and I'm thinking about our interview and I'm thinking, I grow food everywhere, but there's deer and rabbits. And then I thought, maybe that's part of the food forest. Yeah. You know? It, it, <laughs> it absolutely is. A, it, a food forest mimics natural systems. In natural systems, you've got everything. In fact, the ultimate natural system, the most incredible jungle on our planet was a designed human habitat 5,000 years ago, right? Brazil, the Amazon rainforest. When they looked at the archeology span of it all, they found pathways and settlements and all these different communities. Now the Incas and the Mayans are gone. I don't understand why, maybe it was a vibrational thing, right? But either way, when they left, they had designed it according to their needs, which supported life, right? And I'll give you a little example so you can relate to this. You look at a backyard, a lawn, right? A monocrop that doesn't provide food or anything other than it's supposed to look good, which is a big scam, a tool of enslavement. How much life is there in a square meter of lawn or in a cubic meter of a lawn and above the lawn, right? If you take a cubic meter of jungle or of designed food forest, you've got hundreds if not thousands of times the amount of life, right? So the people that are controlling our planet, they are anti-life. They are really the poison producers. In fact, in every divine natural system, there's wood ticks and mosquitoes all the way up to the Rothschilds and Rockefellers that suck the blood of the energy and they pretend to want to support life while they produce and mandate the poisons that are killing life. You know, Jim, I've been trying to figure out ways to wake up more people because it seems like the people who are soundly asleep have no interest in waking up. They're all Rumpelstiltskins, not going anywhere. And I think you might be onto something because everyone would love to cut their food bill in half or completely make it go away. And so growing your own food. Now, I mean, growing your own food's not a new concept and people have done it in wartime before and in times of, of hard, you know, hard times you know, the victory garden and, and stuff. So what's the difference between a garden and a food forest? So the garden is typically annuals, right? And, and by the way, you can do this on any budget. Our values at Food Forest Abundance are first, we have to change the world, right? But to do, to change the world, are we gonna use communist principles and nonprofit principles and all that? Well, in certain cases, we do love this idea of people donating so we can create food forests in public areas, but we have to use regenerative capitalism, the voluntary exchange of value. That's what we promote. Let's provide value and then let's have a fair exchange of that value. So you can go to the store and you can start an annual garden or a food forest by simply buying your groceries wisely, eating your tomatoes and cucumbers and papaya and, and mango and avocado, and then saving the seeds and then propagating those seeds. And now you didn't spend really any money because you were gonna buy that food anyway. 
but you're using that seeds that most people throw away. Now you've got your own food forest. So we like to show people that it's absolutely DIYable. You can do it yourself, or if you want our help, we can design your food forest for your backyard or your property. And that makes it a lot faster. We speed up time that way. Okay, so somebody hearing this right now is going, is getting excited and they're thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna just grow some stuff in my backyard. Tell us what, what the food forest looks like and what they should do. So everything starts with design. Right? So the proper design, which mimics natural systems that has the right pollinator attractors, right? And they're beautiful. They, they have multifunctions. They create good smells. They create beautiful colors. Everybody likes flowers. And they have habitat for the butterflies and the bees because the butterflies and the bees and the pollinators are the ones that will help your fruit come. Right. So we put in those, we put in the green manure plants, right? The chop and drop plants like Mexican sunflower, where they grow fast, you chop them, you put them on the soil and they create new soil. So these systems are regenerative by their nature, right? You literally can walk away from a food forest in your backyard for 30 years and you'll come back and you'll have an incredible food forest. Right? And then we plant in according to your desires, whoever the customer is, their favorite foods, and we give the ideas on how to make it the, le the least amount of maintenance and the most amount of yield. Okay, so if you are on a, like no budget, like if you have um, a lot of money you could spend on this, what would it cost for someone to come in if they had a, or on a typical quarter acre and you sent a crew in to design and build their food forest, what are you looking at right now? What does that generally cost someone? Like a range. Yeah, so uh, so standard backyard blueprint. The blueprint itself is $7.97, and it will give you everything you need to DIY your own food forest, or our cooperatives can also come in and install your food forest. An average backyard is about a quarter or an eighth of an acre, and you can get a lot of food in the ground for $7,500 to $15,000. It's just like landscaping, except for it's hyper-functional landscaping. And you say it's per, a lot of it's gonna be perennial. Yeah, perennials. Yeah. Nowadays, we are very much advocating annuals and perennials because annuals are short-term. They're 60 to 90 days, 120 days, you can start collecting and a yield from your food forest. Perennials take a little longer to fruit, but then they're no maintenance, basically. You might want to prune them twice a year, but that's about it. Okay, so we're looking at a long-term um, time commitment here. You've got to be living at this house that you're living at for a while if you're going to bother to do this. Well, there's a value is incredible. So on the short-term side, you can get the annuals like quickly, but what is the value, especially in today's world of selling a house that has a food forest? It's, it's gonna be the first house a lot of people buy nowadays. Okay, where can someone go to look at some of these? Do you have a website that has some yes. pictures? Absolutely, at foodforestabundance.com. We have a website with all sorts of design details and videos and all sorts of reasons and how to's and things like that. Okay, and I get the sense that as being an entrepreneur and a capitalist, but you still have this giant heart and this giant calling to help the planet and mankind in general and free us from tyranny, which means that if someone were on a completely minimal budget, 
Like we're talking saving their old potatoes with eyes and their own seeds and their peach pits, which I have never been able to figure out how to propagate, by the way. Um, the only trees I've ever been able to grow from seed are um, oak trees. I've done, I've planted a lot of oak trees and um, no, I had to buy my peach trees. I want peaches so bad and I haven't ever managed to have that happen. But so if, um, so someone could go to your website and look at some um, design ideas, but it's not that full-blown $797, like here's truly a design. It's right. So anybody can, we are free with all of our information. Our company has no patents, no NDAs, no non-competes. We are about the voluntary exchange of value when it comes to our services. However, like I said, our values align first with, we have to, this is a have to, I've got four daughters. We have to do this because, and, and, and also we want to inspire this change. We can't force this change. We're the, that's the exact opposite of what we're all about. So my job, our job at Food Force Buns is to inspire and empower you to grow food. Like I said, you could grow a garden on 20 bucks. You could go to the store. You, you don't even actually spend any extra money. You could just get the seeds and start learning by YouTube videos and by checking out our groups and websites, how to propagate plants. And you can have a thriving garden within 90 days. Okay, so I want to ask you about Bill Gates, and I want to ask you about how, like, what are, what makes a food forest? What would people, I know, so like, I'm growing asparagus for the first time this year, and that's a, that's saying that in four or five years, someone is going to have some asparagus, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting that we're all still going to be here, um, but my tomatoes and cucumbers and okra went nuts this year and I, we've had way too much, you know, and I can't taste anything right now because of the bioweapon that I'm recovering from. And that's such a shame because I haven't, I'm like, I can't even taste anything, but okay. So let's talk about, let's come back to the food forest. I want to talk about your passion when it comes to getting people to grow food in a way that feeds everybody because we obviously can. Yes. How strange is it to you that Bill Gates is the biggest farm owner in the United States? So knowing what I know now, it is par for the course. It's exactly what I would expect um, that wicked human being to do. I don't even know if he's human um, because he is all about, you know, I talk about this, it usually blows people's minds, but his father was on the board of Planned Parenthood. He volunteered to end the life of 50 million fetuses, right? So whatever you think about that, I have strong beliefs about that, but whatever you think about that, that's a fact. You can look that up. Bill Gates said on tape, he's proud of that fact. They are into eugenics, the control of population. He stood on stage and held up a vial of vaccine and said, if we do a good job with this, we can decrease the world's population by 10 to 15%. Hmm. So when you put those things together, it's not hard to see what's going on when you look at the whole big picture of things. So what is the solution? The solution is in our backyards. Where we don't, where we're not using Monsanto seeds and we're not using glyphosate. I know you know something about glyphosate too and how it's everywhere. It's already everywhere. We're already infused with it. Yeah. 
But I'd like to say that nature is so powerful. We are divine. We are part of the bigger picture. We are part of this magical God, universe, whatever you want to call it. We are more than these physical bodies. And so I always lean back on my faith. When I watch a crazy video of what's going on in Australia or California or all these different places, Canada, I take a breath and I say, I'm not going to fall into fear because fear is the ultimate control mechanism for the slave master. So we have to rise above fear and faith is my foundation. And from there to encourage and in spirit or be enthusiastic, right? To have these energies rise is so important nowadays. You do have such a positive attitude. You are just so positive. Where does that come from? I know you said your faith. Are you, are, are you a Christian? What is your faith? I am, I don't follow any particular um, set of, of belief systems, but I am absolutely certain that we are part of the divine, that we are living an individual expression of the divine. And I've had seven ayahuasca ceremonies with shamans. Um, I've had a lot of breath work where I was able to, with this training, get into an ice bath, like literally take an ice off and, and sit for an hour breathing and not freeze like you're supposed to die, right? The Wim Hof style. And I've practiced with all of these things and meditation is the foundation. I, every, I was just meditating for 10 minutes, several times a day. I just allow my mind to relax and I feel the vibration. Like I can feel it now. It's like massive energy everywhere. Okay, how I'm, so you do several short meditations a day. Yes. Um, what do you do? What, what's your meditation technique? My meditation technique is breathing very gently and sitting and feeling. I, I start by concentrating on this amazingly loud, the, the, by the, the noise that I started being able to hear maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I, I go into that note sound. And then immediately I can feel the energy in my hands and all over my body. And then I just focus on feeling that sound and energy at a higher level. That's all I do. It's very simple. I can do it when I'm walking and talking. I feel it right now very strongly. Oh, that's so awesome. You've, um, you've dropped into a place where you can kind of call on that. I am a spiritual energetic being and feel it anytime. Yes. Oh, uh, that's why I feel that from you. And, yeah. and you can, so yeah, I, I love that. A, a lot of times when people say faith, they they're coming from a particular religion and that can be putting off, putting towards other people. And then you don't feel a, a, a connection. And I think that that's saying, well, it's not really a religion. It's just my own ability. It's a spiritual, it's your, it's tapping into your own spiritual nature. It's and um, right. I love that you are on the front lines. This is so amazing. Okay. So I want to share too, it's a direct connection. Beliefs are a barrier to wisdom, to understanding, to knowing, right? Every belief is like a filter. So you, reality happens out here and then you have a belief system. It's in your mind, but let's just imagine it's right here. Same thing. Reality hits that belief system and filters. And then what we experience on the other side is not reality. It's a reality filtered by belief system. So it's important for us to let go of all belief systems and experience nature 
Right. And the other thing I did lately, just four weeks ago, that changed my life, uh, my life. And then recently my wife's life is I did a three day water fast and I can't, I can't share enough how powerful this was three days, no eating. I felt fantastic. I did go through some periods where I felt uncomfortable, not hungry, like you'd imagine, but just weird and weird energy flows. And everything my body changed. And now when I look at food, I step back and I say, will that make me feel better or worse? And guess what? The answer always comes very obviously. Mm -hmm. They say everything you're eating or drinking is either making you healthier or making you sicker. There's not an in-between. There's not. Yeah. And your body will tell you what that is. If you allow it, if you silence your mind and feel it, and sometimes we go, shut up, I'm going to eat this, you know, <laughs> like, I want that ice cream. I just, you know, but that's okay. We're here to enjoy our lives and make decisions. Oh, for sure, and, and for sure. Those decisions. And moderation, um, yeah. Okay, you mentioned Wim Hof, and I know I heard of him like 10 years ago, and it went right in one ear and out the other. And just last week, I had a friend who did a Wim Hof um, workshop and I'm very curious now about the ice baths and the breathing. So if someone wanted to get into Wim Hof, everybody, that's W-I-M-H-O-F. Uh, he's the ice man and it doesn't sound fun. The breathing part sounds fun. But um, what would you recommend people do if they were curious about that? Uh, just go for it. Go online on YouTube and, and study, you know, just watch a couple of videos and then try it, right? There's nothing like direct experience to change your understanding of things. To, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know and I it's am. so much fun. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, the food forest in someone's backyard, or in my case, I live on some acreage. I don't even know where I'd start. Like it would be easier to be confined to a small acreage of an acre backyard and you know for me it'd be like I don't even know I don't even know where I'd start plus I don't have any soil I live in the hill country and it's just rocky dirt and it's and it doesn't rain enough although it's rained enough this year um give us two scenarios real quick how could someone in your typical lawn backyard how can they start I know you said go online and look at the, the obviously they want a design. So they get a, a basic design. Um, what does that basic design look like for them? And then what does that look like for me? Yeah, everything starts with design in our system. We've got 18 full-time like food forest professional designers that understand every zone and that will reach out to you and talk about your goals and what you want to accomplish. And then I'll ask you a couple of questions like in your space, in your property, are there any plants growing? Oh, there are tons of plants. There's trees and plants and there weeds and grass. Then, then all that other stuff is just peripheral nonsense, really. I mean, if you already have plants growing, then you can grow plants. You just design the plants that you want to grow. And then regarding water, what, in fact, I was just at a friend's house in Northern Minnesota, not too far from Lake Superior. He has created water systems that capture and store water. And he has, after several years, he has 300 different species of edible and medicinal plants 
on his property. He has no fences. He's got moose and deer and wolves and bear and everything you can imagine up there. And he's got the Garden of Eden in Northern Minnesota. His wife takes the medicinals and makes them into incredible medicines. Oh, it's in fact, it's called natureismylover.com. And it's, it's like his, the wine they produce, it'll knock your socks off and it won't give you a hangover. <laughs> like, and that's not personal experience, but I, it's, of course, everything has its limitations. But that's the thing is everything we know about food, especially in the last few years, the whole pyramid of food is bass backwards on purpose. So we have to start going back to the understanding and the relationship between what we put in our mouth and how that's going to make us feel. And then to understand there's tens of thousands of different edible plants that most of us have never heard of. That is by design, but we're going to bring that back. Oh, that's awesome. So I've heard you talk about layers in the food forest. Can you give a little bit about that? Yes. So one of the worst practices that we have is these monocultures where they take everything off the topsoil, they till it, they rip up all the natural structure. You plant, you destroy the soil, you take all the nutrients out, and then you plant again, right? First of all, in a natural system, how much do you take care of the forest that's down the street from your house? Not at all. Nature takes care of it, right? One big tree in the rainforest will put 500 gallons of water into the atmosphere per day. So the rainforest is caused by the forest, the rain. So we have to cover the ground with mulch, with leaves, with sticks, with, uh, we often start in a backyard with uh, sheet mulching, which is cardboard. But definitely the most important thing is to cover the soil. The dust bowls of the Great Depression were caused by agriculture. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So in layer, Africa, the, the, the great deserts in Africa as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, you look at the history of where the great pyramids were, that was a food forest years ago, you know, thousands of years ago. And they, they, there's many cultures. In fact, if you look at, if you go on Google Earth today and you look at the border of Haiti compared to the Dominican Republic, Haiti is one of the most poorest, desolate, suffering communities in the world countries. And then you look at the line on Google Earth, you've got forests on one side and desert on the other. That's how important this is. Yeah, I, I heard that they did that because they needed to cook their food and they cut down all their trees to cook their food with the wood. Yeah. And then they have no trees and how and then it's a desert, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they're poor. Okay, so the layers, you you put down your mulch, Yep. Soil. So a lot of times it's sheet mulching, soil, and then mulch. And then we add biochar and worm castings and different types of elements, depending on the situation, to build soil. And then we plant the right plants in that as they grow and they defoliate or they get chopped, they actually build soil. So the process, it actually is sustainable, which means it creates more energy than it is than it takes to create and maintain. So it's an abundant system. It actually produces more and more every year. Okay, so what are some things people could go plant today if they wanted to start their food forest in their backyard? Ground cover. Start with perennial nitrogen fixers, edible um, 
Well, things like clover. I'm a huge fan of sweet potatoes. They're just phenomenal. One of the best nutrient dense prepared as foods there are. Um, things that cover the ground, uh, mimosa, pigeon pea, bush bean, and they also fix nitrogen. And some of them also provide food. So cover the soil is job one. Okay. Yeah. And then what are some plants that we don't know about? Like you were saying, there's 10,000 plants that feed us that we're not aware of. What are a few that we've lost that you that you love? Oh gosh. I, so living in Costa Rica for 12 years, I was from, I'm from Minnesota. First time I ever had a mango, I was walking through the, the bush in Africa and I saw these things on a, on a cart and I, I didn't know, I took my knife and I ate one like an apple. That's a mess because they're very fibrous. <laughs> I didn't have, so, but the point is, is, um, when I was in Costa Rica, I mean, the, the mamones, the mangostan, the, um, the achubas, there's just literally tens of thousands, if not more, that are abundant in every zone. Right? I didn't well, know those aren't going to grow in Minnesota. The stuff in Costa Rica isn't going to grow in Minnesota, for sure not. vice versa. Yeah. And Chad could name his 300 different edible and medicinal species that are growing. In fact, he created these things called raspberries, right? raspberry bushes that are so thick you couldn't see through them that are at least seven or eight feet tall because i couldn't see over them and that's his barrier at certain parts of his food forest to keep the moose and the deer and the bear out wow raspberries i love it i'd like some blueberries too yeah for sure <laughs> well um Okay, so if, if someone's got their interest peaked and they're like, I got to do this, I got to grow some food, I don't have to go start a garden, I don't really have to spend a lot of money, or if you just, you know, sold your business and you've got some money you want to invest in something and you're thinking starting a food forest, you could have you guys come out, how would they just find you if, if somebody was like, come out and build me a food forest, yeah. they can find you on your website as well. Yep. Yep. You, they can email me directly. Jim P. Gale at Gmail. It's J-A-M-P as in Patrick, G-A-L-E, like the wind at gmail.com. And we then would start with design. So we get the design done and then we would have one of our food forest cooperatives come and do the install. And this is an incredible, timely and lucrative business opportunity where everybody benefits to be a food uh, forest installer. It's just like landscaping. There's typically a 40% margin. The average install in a backyard is about $10,000, $12,000. So you're going to make good money in a week. You make three or $4,000, maybe five or six. Got it. So you're also, it's also a call out to people who are looking for something to create in their community as an entrepreneur. Big time. It's, okay. it's going viral. I'll share with you in the last four months since we launched on Earth Day with Dell Big Tree on the high wire, we are now in 15 countries and 40 states. Congratulations. You are changing the world. You're we doing are. it. We, we are. Yeah, we are. And it's an expanding, rapidly expanding network. We've got a TV show coming up. The producers of The Crocodile Hunter reached out and want to put all their energy on this so now we've got a movie star, which I can't reveal yet, but it's just magic what's happening. We had an investor send us a, a big check, a, a quarter million about two weeks ago, no contract, said, Jim, I've got 400 and some employees around the world, and this is the most important business in the world. My resources are your resources. Let's change the world. 
I said, great, let's do it. We're doing it. I'm surprised Hollywood's letting you get involved with them. Well, this in particular person, this movie star, he kind of left there because he kind of aware of what's going on with that. Um, and that is going to be an interesting, um, we have to position this particular pilot to speak to everybody. I, I'm typically speaking to the people who are already awake. This pilot will, it'll touch ROI. It'll touch people who believe in the global warming narrative because what better way to do that than completely take out the food supply chain. Right now, the average food comes from 1,500 miles away from farm to table. We turn that to 150 feet, right? So in every way, in, from every narrative, what I'm talking about is the solution. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for not, I mean, because I'm going to implement some of this. And I know my community is all about teaching our children to grow up and, and create their own lives and not be dependent on anyone or anything. And so obviously some entrepreneurialism there. And um, I don't know, I'm sure you've already got a crew, obviously, in my area, because Dell is not too far from here. Um, but my 15 year old is gonna, I mean, he, I should get him doing a crew, get like, yeah. we figure it out here. And then yeah, he needs to start a business. So um, I love that. And this is the most important transition in the history of humanity. And everybody you see with a lawn, once they understand that this is an investment that will be the best return on investment as far as history, like you can show, like, let's just take one peach tree. If you have one peach tree, let's say it costs you $150 to install that one peach tree you're gonna get $150 per year worth of value out of that peach tree within four or five years. Where else can you get 100% year over year on a regular thing? Sure, cryptos are good, but who knows, right? This is historically proven. You know, and I've been aware of a few places in my life. Um, there's a couple of streets I know of in California and a couple of streets I know of in, in Costa Rica where if you walked by the the landowner and they're they're um oh and there's a place right here too right not far from where i live that the 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 property owner doesn't mind if when the peaches are if they're if they're hanging over into the street anyone can have them and i know there was it was like that i'm trying to remember what what it was in costa rica well and in mexico we were on a place where the avocados were dropping from the trees and we were eating them breakfast lunch and dinner it was free <laughs> and um so i think that once people start growing food you obviously you grow way too much food when it's in season and you're happy to give it away you're happy for other people so i really can see like this almost utopia garden of eden type environment if people would just grow more food it's the next logical step it's so relatively easy compared to not doing it it's the difference between the life of our society and the death of our society that's simply put well and how much work is involved i know like you were saying you'd have to cut down the um the sunflowers and let them fall and i know you know gardening if you just let it go it doesn't work very well and i know you also said you can leave your food forest for 30 years and come back and everything there'll be a lot of food there, but ideally you are going to prune your trees and, and trim it back and, and 
it, it's going to take some work. How much work do you think people right. put in weekly? Yeah. So I, well, weekly, I mean, we've got a food forest we planted last March. So what is that about 17 months ago or so? And for the first few months, we went there about twice a week and we, it was very dry time of year. We made sure the root balls were watered because they were brand new plants, right? For the last 13, 14 months, we have done nothing and it's absolutely exploding with life. So you do not have to maintain a food forest like let's say in a back 40 or somewhere. You just want to let it go. You can let it go. Now, will you get a better yield by pruning? Absolutely. And here's a thing I, we need to enhance the supply chain. So let's say that you're going to prune once or twice a year, right? Most people, when they prune, they find the right stick in the middle. You want to open up the sun and the air. They cut off the stick and they throw it on the ground or whatever. And that's the end of it, right? Well, when you turn pruning into air layering, now let's say you have a food forest with 20 or 30 or 40 trees, you can go out about 10 weeks ahead of time and you can cut a little notch around the bark of that branch. You put this little gadget on there and now 10 weeks later, you've got a new $30 fruit tree. So you just spent three minutes times 10 in a row, you just made $300 in a total of a couple hours worth of work by pruning, which is gonna increase your yield and get you this extra money. So that's the kind of things we teach. Okay, I'm confused. What, how does the gadget work? So it's a little gadget and that, you know, I'm gonna have one. It's, you can buy these online. They're called air layering gadgets where it's the ones I bought, they're these black balls where you, you, you close them up along the branch, right? Right around the branch after you cut the little circle around the bark with soil inside. And they've got special soil to enhance. Okay, so yield. this was a branch that you were going to prune off the tree. Yes. You're turning it into a new tree. Yes. Oh, okay. It's like rooting it. It's like rooting it. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. Air layering. Yes. And then you could use grafting in a bunch of different trees too, where you've got five, six different types of citrus on one tree. They've got trees where they've got like over a dozen types of apple on one tree. And you're just your average Joe can learn how to do this. Oh, you can learn in five minutes. So I guess you'd have to get up with your neighbors and get cuttings off of their trees in order, because that would be, if you if already you, had all those different yeah, kinds of trees. Like here's one thing, exactly. Here's one thing you could do and find some neighbors with some fruit trees and say, hey, can I um, go prune your fruit trees a couple times a year and I'll air layer them. I'll do this and then I'll take whatever's left over. You just made a few thousand bucks in value and you became part of the supply chain, which is so relevant and beneficial on every level. What do you mean by becoming part of the supply chain? Yes, because there is a high demand for fruit trees right now and edible stuff, right? Okay. And the supply is growing, but it's not growing as fast as the demand. We need to plug in the supply chain for, for these things. Okay, you mean creating more trees for people to yeah. have, okay. Um, I just can't think of anything more exciting and, and just, yeah, we can bring everyone together on this because it's so much less waste. You're not using bags from the store. There's no, um, transportation bringing this food from Mexico or whatever. It's right there. And abundance everywhere, butterflies everywhere, birds everywhere, life everywhere.
That's what we're promoting. Let's take out the poisons and the poison producers. Not, I mean, I don't want to fight with them. Let's simply turn our backs on them and do it the natural way, the way that will create a better life on every level. Okay, now someone who lives in Arizona or New Mexico in the desert, they're gonna have to water their food forest, right? Yeah, one of the primary principles of permaculture is to catch and store water. So you, what, in fact, um, there's a video online, Jeff Lawton does one called Greening the Deserts of Jordan. He purposely went to one of the most inhospitable growing climates in the world where it was all salt flats and he created swales. Swales are ditches dug on contour. When it rains once every couple of years and it floods, most of the time the floods just take off of all the nutrients on the top and they wipe it away, right? And they create more erosion. When you create swales, it'll slow down the water and allow the water to settle into the land. And then you plant the food forest on the lower side of the swale and you let gravity do its thing. And over time, well, you can see in the video, it's mind blowing. He created an oasis out of a desert. Okay, so for the people that are in de desert, deserted, desert areas, what was his name again? Uh, Jeff Lawton, Greening Jeff the Deserts of Jordan. Greening the Deserts of Jordan. Watch that and become inspired. Yes. Uh, um, well, so you are passionate about other things besides, I mean, this is the way that you're, you know, sticking it to the tyranny. Um, what else can we do to, to we can raise our vibrations right we can focus on the solutions we can focus on service and joy and things that make us feel good because that is really that's the most important thing we can do because you know what comes first the food forest or happiness right well both they're synonymous once we get conscious and we hear this message it resonates right we just have to lift ourselves out of fear well, and you know, action is the thing that can get rid of fear instantly. If you're just sitting there going, oh no, oh no, oh no. But if you can actually go do something, even if it's just do the dishes, you know, taking an action, and this is a huge action saying, all right, I'm going to go plant some stuff. Um, and you know, <laughs> right now, so I've just been having this discussion with a girlfriend of mine and um, we're like the whole planet is like a funny farm. Everyone is kind of mental right now. And you seem to have risen above that. Um, you're, you're joyful and you're passionate and you're hopeful. I'm sure you have your bad days. You're human, I think. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's really refreshing to have you, uh, on the show and talking because it's not, you have not fallen into the abyss of, of negativity. Even if you're not afraid, like I really don't have any fear, um, but I still get bummed about what I'm seeing. And um, so, you know, and I wanna, I wanna help the people in other countries, although we, we've gotta help ourselves and we've gotta stand up right now because things are just, it's just getting crazier by the day. And so um, I guess we just can't do this fast enough. Everybody needs to go put seeds in the ground and plants and yeah. cuttings. 
Yep. And share the why, share the abundance of it, share the how, empower people by saying, look at how easy this is, because that's the belief system. That's the BS that we've been programmed to think that growing is for the peasants. Growing is for the farmers. Growing is not for me because it, it, I just don't know how to do it. Right. That's such bullshit. When we actually go stand barefoot in the garden outside, it is a life changer. You reconnect with the earth, you feel better. All I'm asking you to do is be happy and be and serve. And guess what? That'll make you even more happy. So I'm not asking you to struggle or effort or anything. I'm go have some fun and plant some food. Wow. Uh, we don't know how we've been brainwashed until someone calls it to our attention and we go, oh. Holy shit, you know, like, yes. no, duh. And I didn't even realize how much, because we've all been brainwashed. Did you hear the song last week, um, Tom McDonald? The, 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 the rapper? rapper? Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's called Brainwashed. We're all brainwashed. Yeah, we, and he's not saying y'all are all brainwashed. He's saying we, he's including himself. We are all brainwashed. And when we realize, and it's absolutely true. Now you wake up and you think, oh, I know I'm brainwashed. So apparently I'm not anymore. No, the layers are intense. Layers. How many layers of brainwashing there's been? It's great to wake up and recognize that, you know, like, oh, well, what else? That should be the question. What else have they, what else did they lie to me about? And so, and the thing is, it's even just the imagery of something. Like you just said, I had never thought of someone else grows my food. I, I can't do that. That's nothing I would do. I, I love growing my food, but I still buy 90% of it. Yeah. You know, I, do, I don't grow my food. I, I, for me, it's just fun and healthy. And I, you know, it's an organic garden and I love it. Right. Um, but and I always get way too many tomatoes and then way too many cucumbers and I get to give them away and that's great or can them, but it's still not feeding my family. And it's the idea of food just really growing out of the earth and that, that it may be at one time or it, like, you know, was that way. Yeah. It really was that way. How do you know the history of like the rainforest and Egypt and these places? How do we know that they were food forests? Well, so you look back at the, the, the Amazon piece, uh, an article came out written and agreed to by a bunch of archeologists who use those laser techniques to find out where the roads were and where the buildings were. And they actually can see how it's all connected. And then they studied the agriculture and the different, however they do it. And their, their hypothesis, very well studied hypothesis was that it was, a designed food force, a designed system, right? And, and back to what you're saying earlier, Girta said, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free, right? So when I first learned and heard that I was a slave, I said, oh, F you, I'm not a slave. I can do whatever I want. Okay, really, can you work and not give up the product of your labor by force and violence? Nope. That's a slave. Right. I don't agree with the wars. I don't agree with the mandated poisons. I don't agree with government on so many levels. Well, that's a slave. It's somebody who has forced to give up the product of their labor. So when I started realizing that, it helped free me to what's going on and to the solutions. Yeah, someone made it really clear to me when they said, um, so if you pay 
20% in taxes, or if you pay 30% in taxes, let's do the math. Let's say you pay 30%. That's a quarter of the year. No, that's a third of the year. That's four months of the year that every day you're working from January 1st till April, you can do the math and figure it out. April 22nd or April 23rd, maybe Earth Day. Um, you are a slave for that amount of time. Your money is not yours for that amount of time. If you're in the 20% bracket, you know, what's that? 20% of the year, two, exactly. more than two months, two and a half months that, that you are working for someone and you don't have a choice. That is slavery. That's slavery. And, you know, I know some people who've come to this country from other countries and they're so grateful to pay taxes because it means they're an American citizen. And we don't, you know, like I, but I have found that human beings across the whole are pretty darn charitable. Mm -hmm. And when someone's taking our money and doing the charity for us, we, we don't even get to feel the charity there. The layers of tax. And so we just talk about our labor tax, right? But there are so many layers of theft. Taxation is theft, right? It's by force and violence. And what about inflation, where we have a fake money system that we are not allowed to audit? That's a complete scam, right? So when you layer all this taxation, it's like, massive it's way more than 20 or 30 or 40 percent oh, it's right yeah every dollar gets taxed so many times well then you mentioned um not agreeing you don't agree with the whatever they're spraying in the we didn't have a say in what they spray in the sky we didn't have a say when they decided to put fluoride in everybody's water we didn't have a say like when when did our the the consent of the governed just go poof into thin air you know, Larkin Rose wrote what I believe will be known as one of the most pivotal books of our generation in um, the most dangerous superstition, it's called. And it is our belief in authority instead of being the authors of our own lives. I believe this is in a way some kind of magical divine game. Governmente is mind control. It means magic control of the mind, right? I believe it's our job during this incredible time to break free from that and to create the garden of eden ideal like there's okay. some magic going on here uh, okay i'm so it's so exciting to be alive what was the book that's going to change everything um the uh the most dangerous superstition he also wrote this what anarchy isn't okay. right and this you know monarchy is one ruler anarchy is no rulers and that's we have to start realizing that real eyes that we don't need rulers because rulers, people that want to be rulers, I don't, do we trust them? Why should we? They're responsible for most of the death around the world. Yeah, anarchy is not a bad word. <laughs> it's not a bad word. I don't know. It means no ruler. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the self, self-rule. Autopoiesis, yep, self-governance. And people are amazing. The people who don't want to rule other people, we're amazing. We want to exchange value, right? And, and the thing is, I think the people who don't want to rule others tend to step back because they don't, we, you know, it's like, do you do you and I'll do me. And, and then things, we get steamrolled to a point where we're really, we're, our back's against the wall now. And people are having to stand up for what we, for what rights are are left on the table, and 
shifting into something new is where it's really at. We don't really want to go back to what we had. That was tyranny. We just were all asleep. And, and it's been that way for a long time. So now everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people are recognizing that those few people who've always said, well, we'll take care of you. Haven't been doing a good job. They don't really care about us. And so it's, we're looking towards something new and I keep seeing what you're out there helping us to birth this new, uh, abundant, um, life filled earth with food and I'm just wondering what other things are going to be mind-blowing like that that shift everything yes it absolutely the found I'm working on the foundation of it but from there there's no end to the possibilities for humanity the limitless abundance that we will have now some people are going to suffer some people are going to stay in fear and some people aren't going to make it I don't know if that's 10% or 50%. I don't know the number, right? But my job, my inspired, joyful obsession is to just bring as many people to this to this wonderful place as I can. Well, and you couldn't have been put here on this earth at a better time to do this, Jim, because I don't know, do you pay attention to the Ice Age farmer? Christian, you know? absolutely. Yeah, he's crushing it. It. it really woken me up to a lot of things. If you're listening and you're not aware of the Ice Age Farmer, you really should just check him out because he is aware of, of solar minimums and has been aware of the idea that we could be having a food shortage for a while. But now, over the past year, it seems almost on purpose. Yes, it is. I, I can see that. I know that to other people who don't know that we sound crazy if we... Oh, it's absolutely a strategy and it's all coming together basically at the same time and that is um painful to think about because when i what i know of history particularly in the last 100 years um starvation has been used as a method for those who would exterminate a population that's what they've used far more people die of starvation during a war than from bullets yeah yes and so you know and when i used to talk about we know our second amendment so important because um, 10 years ago when i was running for congress as a libertarian and 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 really standing up for our bill of rights and people thought why what are you what is our our government's not gonna become tyrannical and i'm like you but but we don't know that and you can and the writings on the wall agenda 21 is a real a, a document written by the United Nations, which we're all behind as, as the United States now. And people looked at me and I even had a good friend say, at what point did you lose your mind, Betsy? <laughs> Can't even talk. I mean, I, yeah, so I've had the, you know, proverbial tinfoil hat on for a long time. I and um, I was talking about the, the, the wars that we've had and the elite bringing them onto us. They've, none of them have been necessary. None of the wars have been necessary. And just good people who haven't been getting up in other people's business are the ones that get steamrolled. And I just don't want it to happen on my watch. And uh, Thomas Jefferson said, the tree of liberty must be nourished from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants for that is its natural manure, right? Um, now that is a path that I think it seems almost inevitable. In fact, it's already happening in many places around the world where people are fighting back. And what I am advocating is not fighting that way because we're tearing down the very system that is, <laughs> that is 
while bringing us our food, our water, and all of these different things. We have to start going the other way. We have to go directly into self-reliance tools, creating our own food on site, harvesting our, and purifying our own water on site, creating our own energy on site. Once we have that, then these tools of enslavement are no longer useful. They're no longer meaningful. So that's the way, the new way is not the blood of patriots and tyrants, which, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it, it is happening already, but the real true freedom is our awareness and our local decentralized um, self-reliance. You know, and I just, when you were talking just now and, and, and saying the, those few things you mentioned, I also thought of big pharma and the banks. We can bring that back, decentralize all of that. By eating the food that you grow, you're probably not going to get sick to begin with, but we can also create our own medicine. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. we don't need medicine. When we eat healthy food, literally the medicine is just a complete, yeah, okay. It's so it is medicine. Out. Yeah, but you know, but there, every medicine that's actually effective is derived in nature because we are nature, right? We're part of this divine thing. And so when we eat or need a medicine, it's, it's in nature, not in a synthesized version of a patented version that is actually toxic on many levels that creates the whole system. Well, and we really need to get going on this because they're making all of these things illegal right now. They're putting them on lists to where you can't get them and they don't want us to be able to heal ourselves. And, and you know, there's a, a bush that grows around here called agarita, and um, there's several of us herbal type people who learned how to make a tincture from it, and it gets rid of a stomach bug and a stomach flu almost instantly. You take one dropper of that tincture, and sometimes one, sometimes two. And if, you, if you're throwing up and you've got a stomach bug, if you've got a little food poisoning, something like that, it just blows it right through you and you're fine. And it, that is something that literally grows. It looks like a holly bush all over central Texas. And we live amongst these really powerful plants. Um, and then the whole banking thing we need to take back to in a big way. Like we needed to do that about 50 years ago. And um, I know they're talking about crypto and all that, but I, I, there's got to be a way to have a local currency how do we do that well i think in the future maybe the near future a handful of seeds might be worth more than a handful of gold now i still am a big fan of gold and silver as sound money but um when we start looking at the world and what is actual value then we start seeing it more clearly right so we simply share the message and start growing food start growing medicine start understanding where healing actually comes from, right? And, and you nailed it. These, these things that you're talking about are, are the real way. Yeah, if you're eating the food that grows out of the earth, you're going to have so much nutrition pumping through your body, it would be almost impossible to get sick. Yeah. Because yeah. we eat all this, what we think of as delicious food. I mean, I grew up in the 70s and we ate ding-dongs and Slurpees and I mean, we... I just wonder how much more vibrant I would be if 
if I hadn't, but anyway. Um, well, so Jim, we have covered a lot and this has been so much fun. I, I could talk to you once a week and enjoy every minute of it. You're so inspiring. I'm gonna go uh, take a cold shower and breathe and do a 10 minute meditation. And um, I'm sure you've inspired everyone who's listened to this. And so I am just really grateful. When I meet someone like you, it makes me know that there is hope and that there's there's a lot. I mean, there's millions of us. There's millions of people who want a, a beautiful, wonderful experience for humanity on the planet. Yeah. And instead of just picking up our briefcase and going to work and nodding at each other, now we're we're coming out of the woodwork and we're figuring out a new way. And if there were anything else that you could share with the listeners of Freedom Junkie Radio, what would it be? Well, I, I just, I guess I can go over the foundational things. Lift yourself up. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious or angry or shame or anything other than faith and courage, then start making lists of positive aspects in your life. Start writing goals that inspire you and start focusing on those things intentionally. At first, your habits will be kind of a barrier. You might be in the habit of feeling and thinking about things that bring you down. Create new habits and commit to that. When you do that, you'll start lifting up and that process is will gain momentum and you will be free. And then at the same time, you can be doing these things that we've been talking about and then it'll just compound and it'll get better and better and better until you are completely free in mind, body and spirit. Okay, I am going to put the things that you've mentioned, your website, the book, the Jim Hoff, I mean, a Wim Hof stuff in the show notes. But, you know, I know that you've read amazing books that have, that you got some of your wisdom from other people. What are a couple of your do not miss books in this lifetime? Yeah, the foundation is, um, well, As a Man Thinketh is Good, Napoleon Hill, um, absolutely phenomenal. And then more recently, um, I spent about 15 years with Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now and that. Now, and I still listen to that, love it, love it. Um, Abraham Hicks is a woman. You know Abraham? I know. Oh, Esther. This is directly connected. She is speaking from source and epic. Okay. So if you're not aware of Abraham Hicks, it's Esther Hicks yeah. and her husband. She channels um, wisdom and calls it Abraham. And it is really powerful because people have been able to ask her questions you know, like, well, how, how would child um, predators, how, how can you be, forgive them, you know? And she's like, well, they came here because they've got a, a process they have to, you know, well, what about that kid that, that was the, how can you, you know, like, how, how can you say that life is happening as it should? And it's like, well, that child came here with a, she, she answers some really difficult questions where I've been driving along listening. It's been a long time since I've listened to Abraham. But I remember being like, ooh, how are you going to feel that one, Abraham? And she just flawlessly, just seamlessly just it's, answers it and makes it somehow make sense that we're here for our purpose yeah. and that we don't need to, as much as we love others, we really don't need to worry about them. And, and worry is obviously exactly not productive. Right, right, right. Beautiful. Well, 
I don't want this to end, but it has to, it has to come to an end. Um, well, thank you, Betsy, so much for this wonderful chat. And uh, yeah, I look forward to work with you in any way that inspires you. Okay, well, I definitely want to get some of this food forest action going and, and start that because I'm still young enough to where I can watch my food forest turn, you know, as I become an old woman, <laughs> get some, some fun with that. And, um, you know, if, if somebody's inspired to get some food forests going in their community and take this on as an occupation, they, they you encourage that. So let's we go. Created, yes. Let's, let's go, go to the website. And um, I'm very inspired. So um, blessings, Jim, blessings, uh, freedom junkies. I'm, I, I want to hear about it. If you guys are inspired and you guys started your food forest or you've started talking to some of your neighbors about maybe coming together and make it, growing some food, uh, leave comments and share this video everywhere because this is just really good information and um, follow on on telegram and uh instagram where where can people find you jim um anywhere food forest abundance we're starting to be all over the place so um just look up food forest abundance or jim gale and we're all over the place and we're going to be more places here. Soon. And this show that's happening, it's going to be on cable. What, what channel? It's well, it's made, it's going to be made for, a, it, it could go all sorts of directions. Once you make a pilot, then you start shopping. It oh, okay. Up you don't know yet. Okay. Yeah. I don't know yet. I know all it's right. going to change the world though. Yeah. Well, um, may all of you be blessed and have plenty of nourishing food and nourished spirits until we meet again. Ciao. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king.